It is just prior to 7.08 on your Wednesday. We are back with the employment. Our phone line's already open because, uh, you know, it's a call-in show. That's how it works. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And one triple eight two two five talk is toll-free. Questions about your employment, your job, as you're heading into the uh, Christmas break, I would assume. And assuming that when you come back in January, your desk is still there and there's not a big empty cardboard box sitting on it so we're hoping for that i know across the board this might be i think it is leora is this our last live show here on a wednesday night for 2018 i think it is unless you're going to make me come in boxing day you you can come on boxing day i won't be here but by all means feel free johnny absolutely Yeah, yeah. So uh, week that was is where we're going to start. we got a lot of stuff to cover tonight, severance pay calculator, and uh, all kinds of things. So stay tuned. An important show tonight, as always. Your emails, help at employmenthour.com, and the phone lines are open for you to call in and have your uh, your say and your questions and concerns. So uh, go ahead, fellow. Take it away. Thank you, Johnny, and then welcome everyone to our, our, as Johnny said, the the final edition, the final live show here on the Employment Hour. A lot of stuff to get through, a lot of questions hopefully to answer, and, uh, you know, chances are that a lot of businesses are planning for changes in the new year. It happens. I've seen it happen Mm -hmm. uh, for the last 15, 16 years that I've been practicing law. So if your business is going to go through a change, it's not a reflection on you. It doesn't mean you did something wrong. But it does mean that you're going to have to deal with with these changes and how they affect yeah. you and what that means. So call us if you have any questions, if you want to be prepared, or if something happened in the workplace and you want to know what are your rights, call us right now. And week there was, let me tell you about uh, something that came across my desk just over the past few days. Uh, I spoke with a gentleman, had a very senior position in his organization, was called into a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and he, and he was said, Some, we really like you, we want you in the organization, but we don't think this role, he was a CFO, we don't think the CFO role is actually the best for you, even though you've been doing it for like five years, so we're, we're hiring someone new, okay, and uh, that person is starting with us in a couple of days, uh, and we're going to find another role for you, don't worry, we're going to know more in, in the new year. But in the meantime, we want you to train this new guy into your old position, and then after the holidays, we'll know what role suits you. And he was shell-shocked, and sure enough, a couple of days later, this new person starts in the organization. His job, this person that called me, is to train him. So he's huh. call- he called me. He called me and said, you know, this is a terrible situation. I'm going into work every day. I have to train my replacement. Everyone knows what's going on. It's embarrassing. Uh, do I have to do this? Do I have any recourse? Well, John, this is a terrible situation. Can you imagine having to go to work, pretend like everything's fine, chat with your coworkers when they know you're, you're essentially out of there, when they know that you're training your replacement? It's embarrassing. No one should have to do that. So what does this mean? It, it means that it's actually a constructive dismissal. They put him in an embarrassing situation. They put him in an unworkable situation, which means he doesn't have to train his replacement. He doesn't want to, uh, doesn't have to just sit there and see what happens in January. He can treat his employment right now as a constructive dismissal and say, enough, I'm not doing this. You guys created this situation. Pay me my severance. So I wanted to bring this up because you may find yourself in a situation where you, you've been uh, made to do something that's wrong, that's embarrassing, that's improper. Well, you yeah. don't have to do it. You can say no. You have to be treated with respect. You have to be treated with dignity. And anything less than that is illegal, John, and can be a constructive dismissal. Love our Wednesday show. The number 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, 1-888-225. toll free. I know you got another situation you want to talk about, but I don't want to keep uh, Jeremy waiting any longer for now. Hey, Jeremy, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I just want to make it quick. And uh, I just want to make it quick. Um, so yeah, man, go for it. Yeah, so basically, um, I, I've been at this job for like uh, seven months. 
and it's um, we get slow during the uh, winter time. So that's what I've been telling that when winter time comes around, we're gonna be doing nothing, just fiddling our thumbs. So I went to go find like a sort of part-time job. So now the work gets slow, our hours get cut heavy, and I tell them that uh, hey, I need to uh, leave at I need, I, I'm only gonna be able to do, uh, like around like six hours. And I gotta leave for my other job, and then uh, they said. Uh, I told them that the only reason I got the other job is because you guys said that we're gonna we're gonna be so slow that we're just gonna be like sitting around doing nothing. So, and, but now they're telling me that uh, oh well you know um, well you either well we are gonna keep you but we can't guarantee you 40 hours and we don't want you uh, basically working this job and another job just in case there does come a, a, an odd day where uh, you guys stay behind a little longer. Um, so now they're telling me that uh, that. So, so now they're so now they're basically so we had a conversation about it, and now they're asking me to basically write a, res- a resignation, saying that oh I, I quit my job because um, I refuse to work. So here's the problem, Jeremy. The problem is that they haven't necessarily yet implemented changes to, to your employment. They said it's coming, and, and in response, you said, okay, I, I'm, I see what's coming, so I'm going to go take another job and not work my regular hours. The problem is you, you kind of jumped the gun a bit. Uh, if you did that in response to them actually implementing changes, it's a bit different. But in a situation where you've decided that you know what's coming given what they've told you, so you're going to work less hours, they may be able to consider that either a resignation or potentially even to terminate you for cause because, hey, the deal is you work whatever, let's say eight hours a day and you're leaving early, you can't do that. What I would do if if, 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 if you don't want to resign, if you want to get severance, then the better advice may be to simply continue working here the hours that that you have and when they say we need you to get out of here early we need you for the next couple of days to work less at that point you can actually resign and still get severance so if you jump the gun if you leave before they've implemented changes to the terms of your employment that's a resignation if you leave after they've implemented changes to the terms of employment that is a termination well they're asking me to like well we talked about it and i said uh well, I can't really, like, give up. I need my, like, I got bills and stuff to pay, right? So I can't really, like, you guys are asking me to say, but they they told me directly that we, we we can't really guarantee you 40 hours. So we can give you, like, you can say, but we can't really guarantee you uh, 40 hours. I said, okay, well, I can't work this job and the other job. And uh, we talked about it, and now they're basically asking me to write a letter saying that I resigned. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to confirm with them in writing that they're going to be reducing your hours, that they're going to be changing your your, uh, shifts. If you get that from them, then you may be able to resign and still get severance. If you don't, then you've jumped the gun and you can leave, but you're not going to get severance. So get that from them in writing or send them something confirming in writing that that's what they've told you. Once you have that, call me. Let's talk off air. Let me see if I can help you get severance because this could be a constructive dismissal. Jeremy, appreciate that call. Uh, The number to move forward, one eight. Five five eight two one fifty nine hundred again one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Once you got what you need, give Lior and his team a call, and uh, we'll take it from there. Moving on to uh, to Nicole. Hey Nicole, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's your concern? Um, I'm actually curious about what rights we have as staff. We've had uh, an issue in our office with a staff member who completely flipped out. Um, been about two hours running around the office screaming, berating every staff member, was not walked out. She wound up quitting that day. The following day came back with a sick note and a good portion of the staff has made it clear that they do not want to work with her. They're uncomfortable working with her. Um, 
worried about what's going to happen when she does come back and there are staff members that are feeling like they do have to leave the company because she will be legally she has to be allowed to come back because of that sick note Right. I, I understand completely the concern here, you know, almost the employer is between a, a rock and a hard place. But here's how yeah. this works for, from a legal standpoint. You're right that if she can point to a medical condition that caused that outburst, if she can have a doctor connect the dot, so to speak, then the employer can't let her go. The employer has to uh, allow her to be off until she's better. Once she's cleared to return to work, when the doc once the doctor says, yeah, there's no reason to believe that this is going to happen again, then she can come back to work. Now, the employer shouldn't be allowing her to be, to be back to work until they get something from a doctor saying it's not going to happen again or it's not likely to happen again. Now, once, once that's the case, I think the, the employer should be uh, telling employees and saying, you know, we, we don't think it's going to happen again. If it does happen again, we will deal with it. But hopefully people will understand that this is someone that was struggling with a medical condition. This was not a bad person. This was not someone that wanted to hurt them. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I think that an employer is not going to be penalized if it allows someone that's sick to come back to work when they're better, even if other employees decide to leave. Uh, I think an employer has to comply with its legal obligations, and the employee should give both the employer and the uh, this person the benefit of the doubt and, and understand that hopefully this uh, person get, got through what uh, what was bothering them. If they don't, if they come back and there's still a problem, then the employees may have some recourse. But until then, uh, I, I would say let's give everyone the benefit of the doubt. So even if this has happened in the past, there's still, like, for the staff that are there that are worried about, you know, getting stressed out about having to work with her again and that it's going to happen again, we kind of just have to wait it out. Well, I, I, I mean, hopefully the employer is going to deal with it appropriately this time and not let her come back to work until they, they're satisfied, number one, that there was really a medical condition. It's not some sort of an excuse. And number two, that the doctor is saying it's not going to happen again. At that point, if, if it does happen again, I think at that point, once the doctor says she's able to come back to work, no problem, and it's still not, an, uh, not fixed, the employer may have recourse and the employees may have recourse at that point. They're saying, well, what more can we do? The situation has been created that's unsafe for us. But uh, I, I think that the employees uh, may, may want to tread carefully here. If they leave, they may not be able to, to claim any compensation in this situation uh, if, if it's known to be a medical reason behind it. Nicole, appreciate your call. Moving forward, you need to get a hold of Lior. Help at employmenthour.com and one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 855 This is how it works. It's just that simple. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell or one triple eight two two five. talk That is toll-free. Uh, Katie, good evening. How are you? Good evening. Love you guys. Uh, you're Love too kind. You. What's, good, thank you. Um, What's going on with you? Love you guys. Love you, Mr. Sampiro. You're absolute. God bless you for your work. Um, Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Uh, I'm a WSIB recipient. Injury mid-September of this year. Uh, ongoing physiotherapy. Um, my employer continuously refuses to give me uh, subsequent to my injury. Before my injury, he was giving me attached pay stubs reflecting CPP, income tax, etc. Right. After after my injury, uh, all I got in an envelope um, at the workplace was a paycheck. That's it. And I continuously 
repetitively emailed him, um, please give me an attached pay stub reflecting the breakdown of my wages. And uh, the the wages don't even reflect what my previous uh, uh, wages were. They've been lessened. WSAB, of course, naturally is is difficult. Uh, they are they seem to represent the the employer rather than the worker. So um, just this week, uh, I've been on modified duties as required by the WSIA, the Workmen's Safety and Insurance Act. I've been on modified duties, but this past week, my employer has cut me off from modified duties. And so um, now I'm thinking, hmm, I emailed him a week ago saying, you're treating me differently. You're not giving me my pay stubs as I've week by week by week repetitively asked you, requested from you politely pay stubs, which I require for Canada Revenue, Revenue Agency and uh, Ministry of Labor Standards, my pay stub. Katie, let, it, let, let me stop you. I think I understand the issue. Now, with respect to pay stubs, here's what you do. It's, it's one email, one line. You're going to email your employer simply saying, uh, if I don't have my pay stubs, I'm going to file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. That's it. Full stop, period. You're going to get your pay stubs on the very next uh, pay period. Okay, it's, it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, you can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. But once you send that one line email, I think it's going to resolve it right there. Now, with respect to modified duties, that's that's more more interesting, potentially more complex. What I mean by that is if you still have medical limitations that need to be accommodated and your employer refuses to do that, your employer says, well, I don't want to accommodate your limitations, that could be a human rights violation. That could be a violation of the Workplace Safety and Insurance Act. That could be a, a, a constructive dismissal. At that point, I want you to give me a call. If your employer won't accommodate your limitations, call me. But with respect to pay stubs, send that one line email. I'm going to give you a 90% chance that that's going to solve the problem right there, Katie. Katie, appreciate your call. Appreciate the compliments as well and you listening so intently. We love having you on the show and listening as well. We'll take a short break. I see you there, Sam. Stand by. You as well. Plenty of room. Come on in. Water's warm. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on cell or one 225 talk That is toll free. This is the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio. The big voice guy is correct. There's also one triple eight two two five talk that is toll free to ask your questions for the remainder. Of course, the call in show each and every Monday and Wednesday night and the weekend shows as well. Uh, help at employmenthour.com. And if you have not used it yet, you want to find out what your severance should be before you sign anything, even before you make that call to Lior, it is severancepaycalculator.com. Moving on to Sam. Hey, Sam, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging on. How are you? I'm fine. Yourself? Good. What's uh, what's your concern tonight? Go ahead. My concern is um, all the accrued vacations at the end of the year when they're above and beyond the vacation you're entitled to. A company allowed to hang on to them? You you mean to you, you ask if you lose it? No. Do they can are they allowed to hang on to it for years? What do you mean by hanging on to them? They, it just shows accrued on your pay stubs, but it's never paid out. Okay, I understand. So the following year, we just keep on adding up, and the following year, we just keep on adding up continuously. 
Well, I mean, you can ask for it to be paid. Absolutely. They can't hold on to it if you tell them, no, I, I want you to pay me my, my vacation pay. Uh, so so you, you don't lose that. Now, to the extent that it's accrued, they're a good thing in the sense that they're not, as long as they still show it on paper, they're not trying to suggest that you lost it. Ask them to get it paid. They have to. If yeah. they don't pay it, then that's a problem. You can go to the Ministry of Labor right away about that. But no, you can't. They can't accrue it, but not pay it. Uh, it it's accruing there for you. It's your money. It's money that you've earned. So uh, they, they'd have to pay it, Sam, if you ask them for it. Okay, because uh, they, they they just hang on to it, and you might not get paid for it like whenever they decide to, and and by then it just becomes too large of a sump to uh, to do you any good. Well, you you, okay, you absolutely you. have a right to to get paid your vacation pay. You you you've accrued it, you've earned it. It's your money. They don't have a right to keep it. Uh, if if you want it, you can get it, and they can't say no. No, that's not our policy. It doesn't matter. Uh, if it's past the end of the year, if you haven't used up your vacation, they still have to pay it. Uh, you can call the Ministry of Labor at any time if they refuse to do what they're legally obligated. Okay, because I called the Ministry of Labor and they didn't know what that accrued thing was they they just know your basic vacations and that's it well all you have to tell them uh, and you'd have to file a formal complaint the problem is the people you're speaking with when you call them is you're you're talking to to someone a clerk at a desk right you need it to if if the company won't do what they're supposed to you have to file a complaint then the ministry of labor and a proper labor officer is going to investigate and take measures uh the, the person answering the phone you know unfortunately is is not someone that is able to to advise you uh no more than you know if you called my office and you spoke with the receptionist they can you know potentially answer basic questions but they can't give you legal advice the same thing uh, happens there but if your company won't pay it you absolutely can and should file a complaint with the ministry of labor Sammy, appreciate your call. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and one triple eight two two five talk That is toll-free. Moving on to uh, Naki. Hello, Naki. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Good. What's uh, what's uh, what's going on with you tonight? All right. I just have a concern. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I was working for one of the employees, and then uh, what happens, like, I didn't get, like, I was out of the shift. Like, they were not giving me any shifts for so-and-so reason, you know? Like, whereas I worked for them for so long, and I don't know what's wrong. I think uh, uh, they said, no, we're not going to give you shifts, whereas they ha- gave shifts to so many people. So, like, so almost six months, they didn't have no shifts. So can we do something about it, or what is it? like? Well, not giving you shifts is the same as terminating your employment. How long ago since you've worked? I worked there till, uh, since uh, 2014. Sorry, but, but when did they stop giving you shifts? Like, uh, uh, probably in June, yes. Wow. June of this year? Yes. Okay, good. So you're, you're not out of time. When they stop giving you shifts, it's exactly the same as them letting you go. The whole point of working is you go to work and you get paid. Uh, so that was a termination. You've been there for uh, four years, let's say. Uh, what kind of a job, uh, Naki? Uh, should I mention it on radio or not? Not not, sure. not, the, not the name of the company, just the right. type of job that you have. It, it was a... It was a security. security That's fine. Car. Okay, yeah. good. And, and how old are you? Oh, I am uh, late 40s. Okay. So you'd be probably looking as much as six months pay that they owe you, six, six months of severance. They've terminated your employment. Even if they haven't officially given you a termination letter, not giving you work is a termination. So I want you to give me a call. Uh, good news is you're not out of time. You can still pursue okay. this. They, they okay. obviously can't stop giving you work. Uh, so let's get the severance that you wrote, and you can move on. So I want you to connect with me as, as soon as possible, Naki, and uh, we can get this resolved, I think, pretty and, quickly. And, 
And w- yeah. what is your number, please, if you can give me your number? Sure. Yeah, I'll give it to you right now, Naki. That number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, I'll give it to you again. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour.com. You want to reach out and do so as soon as you can. For you, plenty of time still for you to call in, ask your questions like you've been hearing so far. Very simple. 416-870-6400 and star 640 on your cell. There's also one 225 talk That is toll free. Colin, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Hey, my man. How are you doing? Good, brother. What's uh, what's going on with you tonight? Okay, so uh, I've worked for this company for six months now. I'm a truck driver. Um, I typically work 10 hours to 14 hours a day, um, Monday to Friday, which is good. I'm not complaining. Uh, having said that, uh, I get paid bi-weekly, so I'm paid twice a month. Um, and my on my paychecks, I typically work anywhere around 120 to upwards to 140 hours in two weeks. I don't receive overtime. I just get paid straight time. I'm an hourly, uh, I'm an hourly rate. Uh, the company I work for uh, doesn't typically pay hourly rates. It's usually owner-operators and or uh, commission. So I'm, I think I'm one of the only uh, or one of their only uh, hourly rate guys that's ever worked for them because they're a smaller company. Um, they've been around a little bit. So I've been asked not to tell anybody because it's confidential and nobody wants to get upset about it. But my question is about the overtime. Sure. Now, now, uh, uh, Colin, if you uh, if you drive locally, i.e., with uh, within the province and within uh, uh, within Ontario, then you're regulated provincially. If you cross border lines, then uh, you're regulated federally. Either way, you obviously you're, you're owed overtime, and, and depending whether you're federally or provincially, there's different threshold. So either way, you need to contact either the the provincial or the federal uh, Ministry of Labor uh, to get the overtime if the company won't won't pay it to you. Uh, that's exactly why they're there for. This is a very common situation in the trucking industry. I see this all the time, when uh, when truck drivers are not paid overtime, they're paid straight wages, uh, they, and oftentimes they work many hours beyond the threshold. Now. Remember, uh, the threshold for overtime for drivers is higher than for other people, mm-hmm. uh, depending on if it's provincially or federally, but you still get overtime, and you, you've worked beyond that, Colin, so call, call the Ministry of Labor. If you have to file a complaint, by all means do so. Uh, yeah, you, you're, you're, uh, you're probably getting ripped off. Colin, appreciate the call, brother. Moving on here, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one 225 talk for a toll-free call tonight. We'd love to hear from you. Steve, you're next up. How are you? Great. Um, I listen to you all the time, and I'm an employee. I'm a small electrical company. I just hired an apprentice. So I've got everything done, you know, WSIB and all that stuff. So if I keep this guy for six months and I run out of work or whatever, do I have to pay severance on something like that? So the best thing you can do if you want to minimize your severance obligations is to have an employment agreement that that stipulates that uh, that limits the entitlements. Now, you, you're uh, what kind of work do you do again? Electrician. Okay, electrician. So uh, you you would still have to pay uh, severance, but it would be very minimal. Whereas, let me give you an example. If you hire someone and let them go after six months, if you don't have a proper employment agreement, you could owe them three months' pay, for example. 
If you have oh, a, wow. a proper employment agreement, you'd be able to let them go with one week's pay. So huge, huge difference, right? So the, the worst thing you can do for yourself is not to have an employment agreement. And the nice thing is once you have an employment agreement, you can use it, the same agreement for everyone. You don't have to prepare a brand new different agreement every time you hire someone. So why don't you give me a call, Steve? Let me prepare an employment agreement for you. It's one time thing. You'll have it, you'll use it, and it will save you a lot of money down the road, especially in your business. I understand you may have some changes. You may hire people and it doesn't work out. Uh, you need to have an employment agreement. Uh, otherwise, you do have significant liability. That is awesome. I'm so glad I called. Thank you very much, and your advice is fantastic on uh, the radio, by the way. Thanks, Steve. Uh, thanks, Steve. You're, uh, you're a man. Appreciate you calling through, and feel free to, uh, to do so anytime you want to reach out further uh, with Lior. He'd have no problem with that, I'm sure. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. That's something we like to cover, too, as well. As much as we talk about the employee and their rights in this working world, uh, you do a lot of work for employers as well, either midstream employment or when they're starting a, a new young business, possibly like Steve, and they just want the advice moving forward for their own protection when they hire people, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, listen, I, I don't do work for the, uh, the the major banks, for example, but I do work for, for small, medium-sized businesses, uh, all, actually all over the country, mm-hmm. uh, when, uh, when in, just in terms of managing employees and uh, managing their own liabilities. So uh, the, the nice thing about employment law is that employment law does protect employees, but it does allow the employer to set the terms at the beginning of the employment relationship. So when employers complain that they have all these obligations, it costs so much money, it's because they didn't do their homework at the beginning of the relationship. They didn't set the terms correctly, and then they complain that they don't like the terms. So I help employers set up, set those terms. Uh, and if you have any questions about your own liabilities as an employer, reach out to me, call me, email me, and let's chat about it. I know you kind of made reference to it. I, I mentioned as well, we haven't run through it in some time, but you do kind of do it in your head now, and that would be the severance pay calculator, right? When you call me at the office, call me on the show, uh, and you want to know how much severance you owe, I'll ask you three questions, your age, your position, and length of employment, and I'll tell you what you owe. Very simple. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I have a family, so I kind of spend time here with them. So I can't be uh, at your home every time you want to ask a question. So I wanted to create a little mini, mini Lior. Oh, that's actually a neat idea, the mini Lior. It's so, okay. We already got one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that, Johnny. So what's mini Lior? Well, it's severancepaycalculator.com. It's that information that I can provide in a, in, a, in, a, in a website, in an app that you can access anytime you need. So once you go to severancepaycalculator.com, you answer the same questions. How long you work, your age, the type of job. And then you find out how much severance you are owed, whether you're an employer who wants to know how much severance they have to pay, whether you're an employee that just was let go and you want to know what you're owed, or maybe you're concerned about losing your job. Remember, it's free. It's anonymous. There's no strings attached. You don't have to put in your name or the company's name. Go to severancepaycalculator.com and check it out. Just so you know, I could have gone somewhere completely different with Mini Lior, which I didn't because it's a family show. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I I thought you might, and I I, I appreciate the restraint. Thanks, Johnny. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is a number to use. Moving on to uh, to Larry. Hey, Larry, good evening. Yeah, good evening. Uh, Thank you, gentlemen. It's very interesting. Um, My situation, I'm uh, 62 years old, and I've been working for a construction uh, company, Builder Development, and um, about a year ago, I had an incident, so I was uh, on the insurance company through my employer, which I still am on, but uh, through some of my colleagues, um, they're telling me that, you know, like, there's not too much stuff happening maybe until June, July of next year, right? 
And so um, I, I'm suspect to maybe get released by mid uh, January from the, you know, like from my doctors and all. So now when I go knock on, their, uh, on the company's door and they'll say, well, we don't have anything for you. Um, what's my, how can I best protect myself? So great question, Larry. So once you are cleared to come back to work, whether it's in January or any other time, if in fact there's no work, and let, if it's legitimate, if they're not picking on you because you're off on a disability leave, no, legitimately... but I, I physically know that they're they're like I mean, the the servicing's not happening. Like, is there house builders and what have you not? So right. Like, so I, let's like, assume that the, the company is honest and 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 they're truthful. So there's legitimately no work for you. Well, at that point, they have to pay you severance. Now they may tell you. Well, tell you what, we'll, we'll kind of put you on ice, so to speak, and, and you'll come back in June. And if you want to do that, you can. But what you can also do is say, no, I'm not going to do that. If you don't have work for me, that is a termination, and I get severance. How long have you worked there for, uh, Larry? Uh, eight and a half years. Eight and a half, and how old are you? You said uh, 62, and, and you're, you're in construction. So you'd probably be looking at about 10 months' pay. Okay, so 10 months' pay is what you'd be owed. So your options come June is, or January, let's say, if you've been uh, cleared to return to work, is if they're telling you no work for you, then it's a termination. If they offer you to, to come back in June, you can choose to do that, or you can still treat that as a termination. You can't prevent them. You can't stop them from telling you that there's no work, but you can absolutely insist on getting severance, and right around 10 months is what I, I would assess you at. I understand. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you, Larry. Larry. Uh, appreciate the call, Larry. You want uh, more information anytime, one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior and the team or help at employmenthour.com. Regard to Larry, two things. Number one, does he two years he's been off count towards his severance? And number, th uh, number two, I guess, is if he does decide to stay on ice, as you said, till June, what are the pitfalls of that? So absolutely, the, the two years that he's uh, he's been off on a disability, however long it's been, count towards his service. So there's no there's no gap in service. It's continuous okay. employment. So he's now an eight-year employee, say, including the two years that he's been off. So that that's good because the longer service, the more severance. One mm -hmm. of the risks of going back uh, is that by you know this is we call that a, a temporary layoff. There's no work in January. We're going to lay you off temporarily. You come back in June. The problem with that is that arguably he's given them the right to do it again in the future. So if he comes back in June and then a few months later they don't have work, they can do that again. And then he doesn't have the ability to insist on right. severance. So he only gets that once. Now, if he's been laid off already in the past temporarily and he allowed that to happen, he may not be able to treat that as a termination. So again, the devil's in the details. I always say that. If there's no job for Larry, he should reach out to me as soon as possible, and we can talk about those details and see how we can get him a severance. You know what to do next, Larry. The uh, the ball's in your court when you find out what is going on. 416-870-6400, star 640, on your cell in one 225 talk That number is toll-free. Plenty of time for you to call in and ask your questions as well. Uh, DJ, good evening. How are you? Good, good. What's going on? I'm just calling. I'm trying to find out if there's something that can happen helping me. I was at work, and my boss and my coworker were having an affair. I avoided her like the plague. I avoided her everywhere, every time, every possibility. She got upset about that. She went to our boss, and our boss came in and fired me on the spot, saying that I was mean to the co-worker, and I got fired. Well, meanwhile, it was because they were having an affair. 
Right. Now, uh, did they pay you severance, first of all, DJ? He, what, he, he, yes, he gave me my uh, pay, and then he had me, uh, I got an extra $1,000 about six weeks later when I was running out of money. Did you have to uh, sign anything to get that? Yes, I did. Okay, so let's break this down. How long did you work there for? Two years. Two years, and, and how many weeks pay did you get total? I got, uh, well, 52 weeks a year. I got no, no, no. Pay. How many oh. weeks of severance? You said 1000 bucks plus oh, something else. Oh, I got uh, two weeks severance, and then I got $1,000 yeah. six weeks. Yeah. So, my friend, unfortunately, it's bad news because that document that you signed, I mean, obviously, I haven't seen it, but I can tell you what it is. It would be a release document. Uh, and the release says that once they've paid you, you've given up your rights to do anything further. Number one, you would have been owed, unfortunately, more severance. In fact, even after two years, you could have been owed four, five, even six months pay, not weeks, months. Number one. Number two is the fact that you were let go as a result of them having an affair could actually be a violation of the Human Rights Code. Uh, it's illegal. So there could be other damages. But unfortunately, DJ, and, and I, I'm not blaming you at all. I, I, I'm not shocked that this happened, that you had to do this because you needed the money. But because you signed that document, which is extremely likely to have been a release, you, you gave up the right to pursue this. You gave up the right to get what the law says you should have. So it, it's, it's going to be one of those situations where I have to give the bad news that there's not much that you can do here, uh, unfortunately, DJ. Okay. Even though that, um, like, I, I did only cash that check because I was completely out of money. If I wasn't out of money, I would not. I hear you. So it, it was pressured on me. I look at it as pressured. If I had, if I had the money, I'd go to court. But because I was pressured and not having the money, I had to do it. I, I, I understand completely. I completely understand, and I think a lot of people would have done the same thing because you need money to live. But the reality is that, that even though that's the case, uh, the law says once you sign on a document like that, uh, unless they threaten you, unless they say, if you don't sign this, we're going to hurt you, unless something no. like that happens, yeah. then, then you're bound by it. And cash the check or not cash the check, it's the signing of the document that ultimately means that uh, you've given up your rights. I, and I, I wish there was another solution. I really, really do. Uh, but unfortunately, there isn't. DJ, appreciate your call. Still got a couple minutes here to go. We're going to move on to, uh, to Fred. Hey, Fred, good evening. Good evening. How are you? Good. What's going on with you? Hey, listen, I'm a landlord in Oshawa, and I've got a nine-unit building. I have a, a verbal agreement. I kind of wrote out a, a letter. Uh, to one of my tenants that actually takes care of the building, mops the floors, etc., and I pay him 170 a month. Now, uh, supposing I say, okay, fine, I no longer require your services, can I just let him go? Is there any backlash to that? Or so, so are you paying him uh, kind of? Is it under a, the I'm, well, I'm paying him a check of 170 dollars, yeah. which is net 170 dollars. He cleans the uh, floors for me. Uh, four times a week, and it's coming up to a year that he's been doing this. And are you withholding taxes for him? No. Okay. Uh, so the, the the reality is that this whole arrangement may be on the on the improper side. What I mean is he's probably considered to be an employee, uh, and you, you probably should be withholding taxes. And that also means that if you are letting go, there may be some severance obligations to uh, uh, to, to him. Now, given the amounts involved, you know, it's probably one of those things that he may not want to rock the boat. Uh, I would do the right thing, and I would give him a couple of weeks' notice or a couple of weeks' pay, but you have a risk here 
that he may decide to treat his employment, his position with you as employment, and he may want to uh, go back and say, well, because I was an employee, I should have also gotten vacation pay and uh, right. overtime pay or what, whatnot, and I didn't even get minimum wage. So right. that's the problem kind of with these types of an arrangement. Uh, I don't know what this guy is going to do, but I, what I can tell you that from the sounds of it, and, I, and I've seen this before, this may not actually have been a, a legal arrangement. Probably not. No, I just, um, he asked me if he, if he could help. Let's say he asked me to, to wash the floors, and that would help his uh, rental arrangements. And I said, that's fine, but it has to be separate. So you pay me full rent for the unit, and I pay you every month a check of $170 for cleaning it. But that right. is net, $170, so that would be uh, including taxes. Yes. Yeah. No, I I, I understand. I mean, you, you you would have to technically make sure that he gets at least minimum wage for the hours that he's working and that from that you withhold taxes and you remit EI and CPP, do it properly by the book, uh, and you would have wanted to have an employment agreement with him. That's probably the best advice as to how to do that. Uh, you know, when you do it very casually like this, which I understand, uh, you are taking a risk and it could blow up. Uh, and so my advice moving forward, if you're going to have someone else do this job, do it properly, have an employment agreement, uh, agree to terms that are legal, and protect yourself that way. Well, it kind of speaks to what you said earlier about, uh, you know, when you're starting an arrangement as an employer, you want to get all your ducks in a row and talk to you and make sure you do everything on the uh, on the legal side, right? It's pretty important, uh, possibly years down the road. It, it is important. And, you know, it's not one of those things where you can just do whatever makes sense you have to do it legally right you have to do it right. uh in a way that complies with the law and sometimes that's more expensive to do you, you you know let's be honest it is but if you don't do it legally if you don't do it the proper way you you have liability you have exposure you may uh find out later that there's fines there's penalties there's uh retroactive payments owed it could be a huge huge problem especially if, can you imagine doing it with several people and, and yeah, i've right. seen people uh, you know, employers incur thousands and tens of thousands of dollars in liability. Do it right. It's good for the employer, good for the employee, uh, and that's the way to do it. Another fantastic Wednesday evening. Appreciate all of your calls. Uh, Monday night, of course, Wednesday night, the weekend shows still to come, and uh, Employment Hour in 30 happens on Global TV and CTV as well on your Saturday and Sunday mornings. Check those out as well. Till next time, it's been the Employment Hour. You want to get a hold of the or now, 1-855-821-5900, and simply help at employmenthour.com. Stick around on point with Alex Pearson returns right here on Global News Radio.